You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino. I'm back with Do Facts Matter. And uh, I have a guest uh, uh, for today's show. And the uh, uh, desk has some inter- uh, guest has some interesting things to say about something he's developed and about his interaction with the federal government, uh, specifically the Veterans Administration. And my, my guest is uh, <coughs> Donald Moeller. And uh, Donald Moeller is, uh, let's say he's a dentist, he's a doctor, he has a master's in biology, and so, uh, and yeah, I think he also has a, uh, a, a degree in, uh, a religious degree from a seminary. Is that true, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Moeller? Well, from what I heard, yes, uh, uh, Your Honor. Uh, could you turn the volume up so I can hear you more consistently? <laughs> okay. Uh, I hope they, they, they do that. I'll have my, my producers working on it right now. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, can you hear me okay right now? Oh, yeah, excellent. Now it's excellent. You, you said some things about me, probably half were true. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I think they were all true, at least according to your your biography. And of course, you have uh, you have a military background also. Yes, you, I re- I started as an enlisted man back in Vietnam, and then went on to get a dental degree and became an army dentist and oral maxillofacial surgeon. So you were a medic uh, in in both in Vietnam and. Uh, and where else were we are also so well, uh, medics in a general term apply to both surgeons and uh, uh, medics, regular kind of army medics. But you know the news media refers to a doctor in the army as a medic. But to the guys in the field, uh, I'm a doc when I'm a medic and a doctor when I'm a surgeon. But I've been called doc for a bunch of years now. And and what's your specialty? Well, my specialty is uh, oral and maxillofacial surgery. And I see you're now in private practice. Yes, I'm in private practice. I finished 40 years as a maxillofacial surgeon, 20 uh, in the Army. Well, actually 17 in the Army Dental Corps. And then I went to medical school, and then I started a private practice in oral maxillofacial surgery for about 20 years. And then I started my research in PTSD uh, nightmares and sleep disruptions. Why I was an oral surgeon in private practice? Okay, and and you're, you're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. T- let's tell the audience uh, w- what is that. Uh, what are the symptoms of that? Well, uh, without getting too technical, there are several symptoms, and they're classified uh, on a schedule by psychiatrists and psychologists. And they are meant to be able to place you in a, a rating position. And a couple of these are, you've, it will look at the cause and also the result. Unlike previous, this is called a diagnostic and statistical manual that psychiatrists use. Previous years, it would lean towards big bad experience in combat. You know, you were shot at, you wounded, whatever. Well, now, as I think it's the 2015 edition, if you have been exposed to a lot of death, unexpected death, threatening situations, uh, and if for medical and EMT personnel just having to work in hopeless situations trying to save lives, that can also trigger 
post-traumatic stress. And what characterizes post-traumatic stress? Several things. There's categories like A through H, but let's talk about the important ones. You have, an, and from a physiologic standpoint, you have an upregulated nervous system. Uh, like you, uh, when your phone goes off, you may have a startle response. You may also have flashbacks uh, to things that happen that you really can't control, and these can be triggered by uh, sights, smells, and sounds, or a combination thereof. And that will induce that. You can also, as this gets worse, it can limit your ability to function in society, to, to hold a job, and to relate to others. You, it may be characterized by social withdrawal, inappropriate uh, relationships with other people. I'm, you know, PTSD, we didn't ask to get it, but a lot of folks with PTSD, a bunch, run around continually angry, and they go, I don't know why I'm angry. Well, that's another one, angry outbursts. And so they have a list that you can go down and they rate you, but those are some of the more common things. Uh, yes, uh, so, so there's a continuum then. It's, yes, it's a continuum, and they're not necessarily related. You can have social withdrawal, but you don't necessarily have to have angry outbursts, or you can have alerting, you know, reaction, a startle response from minor things allowed to somebody bangs a, a clipboard, snaps a clipboard, sounds like a gunshot, and you'll, you'll jerk and everybody will look at you. So that's a startle response. You can have that as well. So th- there are several things that, that can be rated, but when they become ser- serious enough that you can't relate to others to hold a job or you have a tough time concentrating, there are cognitive changes as well that are rated, they'll give you, neuropsychologists will give you cognitive tests. It's a sophisticated uh, uh, scale. And my main concern is with the nightmares, repetitive nightmares, and the sleep disruptions and the poor quality of sleep. And that's the area, the neurophysiological area that I've centered my research on. And I, I, I read some of your research, and of course you also included uh, headaches in, in that uh, yes. area of, of and, dealing with. Yes, and, and the question is, how did, how did a dentist kind of wander into this field, you know, uninvited and with no, you know, idea of, that he was going to be involved at this level? Well, I used to have n- nightmares and headaches, which led to migraines, and... Uh, I was grinding my teeth, so being a dentist, I made myself a very thick mouth guard, much thicker than the standard kind that you can either buy over the counter or your dentist will make you. And then I noticed that due to the increased thickness, I mean, it was quite thick, uh, it stopped my nightmares and it stopped my headaches and it stopped uh, the progression of migraines and it significantly improved the my um, sleep quality okay so so you're talking about something you put in your mouth that uh, ordinarily is maybe used to limit the grinding of teeth for example well that's an interesting because I'm going to answer your question in, in, in two aspects one is what you think is happening and what we can prove happening to happen and number thir- three why I don't care what happens I'm a surgeon and surgeons you know, want a good result in everybody, but the exact cellular mechanism of of how a particular patient heals, it's good to know, and we, of course, we get trained in that area, but 
that's not the critical thing that we make surgical decisions on. So taking that over to the PTSD arena, basically it's found that many people with PTSD clench their teeth and it's a manifestation most likely of anger or some other reason. But what happens when you clench your teeth, the muscles of mastication become tender and sore and as those persist, they can lead to tension headaches and continual either tension headaches or upregulation of the nervous system, like the startle response, can lead to migraines. So they're kind of connected, and that's how I got into it, because the device is a dental device, and you put it in your mouth, and the key thing about it, many of my veterans uh, say, yeah, I've already worn one, and that's true. If it's two millimeters thick, it won't have any effect on your nightmares. And that's the key, the essential point to this device, that the thickness of it is is the determining factor when you want to eliminate the nightmares and the sleep disruptions and the headaches. Of course, that brings us up to uh, your uh, problems with the VA, and that is, I would... Being a government bureaucracy, of course, they have a, yes. a couple and, of... And uh, you know, I was preparing for this radio interview, and I, facts matter, and it's really important for all the veterans to understand this. Facts matter. The fact is that of 100 patients with, with PTSD and, and who have the nightmares and the other social consequences, that the VA can help between, and this is according to their own literature and multiple research, is between 25 and 33%. But of those who the, who the psychologists, and they do a darn good job, you know, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough row to hoe, but even though they do a good job, how many of those patients are, are not having nightmares anymore? And how many are still waking up in a cold sweat? Well, here's what happens when you don't fix a nightmare. Your body, you're, you're, you know, we get the idea of trash trucks rolling by neighborhoods and taking our trash. Well, you have the same kind of molecular trash in your brain that has to be emptied. And it's the tr- those molecular garbage trucks only come when you're sleeping. So when you have an upregulated nervous system and poor quality of sleep, you cannot dump the neuro, uh, neuro trash, the... I don't want to get into the technical stuff, but your brain cells to develop molecular trash, it can't be collected if you can't get a good night's sleep. So what happens? Not only do you persist when you grind your teeth and and clench and have nightmares, but when you're fighting the battles again, look at the, the number of uh, PTSD patients which have hypertension, diabetes, my, myocardial infarctions, heart attacks, uh, adrenal cortical uh, uh, hormonal uh, irregularities, and the list goes on and on. And so PTSD is not just you having bad dreams, continually experiencing nightmares where you're back in battle and you're scared is doing big damage to your cardiovascular system. Well, let, let me ask you this question. Now, Emory, of course, has some sort of a, uh, a device that they use to treat this uh, which is kind of interesting. It's people, I guess... You're fading out. Uh, uh, well, uh, I was saying Emory uh, claims they can treat this p- p- uh, 
post-traumatic stress disorder and they put veterans or put someone suffering from it into a some sort of a device uh, yes that's barbara rothbaum she does a great job it's called emdr i.e desensitization and movement something it's a psychological treatment uh but the question is how many of the thousands hundreds of thousands of veterans who have ptsd undergo this treatment and also you must understand that any treatment that a psychologist administers or a surgeon or anybody is based on numerous studies and there are scientists psychologists who are very careful individuals who do statistical analysis may question and say maybe emdr works as a result of increased time with the patient and then i would also ask you know that's one of many treatments. There's, you know, virtual exposure, image rehearsal, prolonged exposure therapy. Any therapy that the VA offers, there's there's something you always need to ask. How many patients who start it finish it? How many patients who finish the treatment still have nightmares and sleep disruptions? Those are the questions that I ask. And even though the psychologists are doing a great job my question is, and having had nightmares and headaches and sleep arousals, how many of them are getting rid of the nightmares? That's the question. That, like you say, facts matter. Nightmares and anger are two of the most prevalent uh, post-traumatic mm, uh, residual effects that people suffer. And that's and we just remember, there's subthreshold PTSD. And you may have nightmares and headaches and sleep disruptions, but you, you know, adapt and overcome, and you go to work, and your life really isn't much fun anymore. Well, you don't get PTSD disability because you haven't scored in those other areas A through H. So my question is, it isn't are the psychologists doing a good job? And they are. It's just if you still have a nightmares and headaches and sleep disruptions. As far as you're concerned, hey, that's an important thing. And most veterans who want PTSD treatment, they rate anger and nightmares at the very top of the list. Don, we're going to have to uh, stop there for a break. We'll be back with Dr. Don Muller and Robert D'Agostino right after this on Do Facts Matter? Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino back with Do Facts Matter and my guest, Dr. Donald uh, Moeller. Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and his experience with it personally as well as his experience treating it with a number of uh, veterans and others who, who have that uh, uh, problem. And now let me ask you a question. You, we were discussing briefly what some of the treatments are in Emory and others. What is the advantage of, of your treatment? And you also talk about uh, your proof of concept. Uh, yes. That you have, you have established proof of concept. Uh, let's tell the audience what proof of concept means. Yes. Uh, let's start with, uh, let me answer your first question first. This does not cure PTSD. This does not cure PTSD. What this does is, is it is a successful adjunct to making progress in the treatment of PTSD. And if you are a sub-threshold PTSD individual and your main problem is nightmares and headaches and sleep poor sleep quality, PTSD, PTSD to you then becomes pretty much those symptoms. So that's what we're talking about. Now, proof of concept. In science, the ideal thing, and let me use Prazosin as an example. That's a antihypertensive uh, that was had research done on it by excellent scientist, Dr. Murray Raskin. He's a VA uh, scientist and a physician, and he noticed that patients that took Prazosin for hypertension seemed to have fewer nightmares. Well, he's an excellent scientist, and he did numerous studies. And then when they did, and this this went on, and they were giving Prazosin to soldiers and veterans for their nightmares. And But the ultimate test is a multi-center study, and that's true for any clinical science. So once, once you've proved that the drug or whatever you're going to use is safe and has a reason to be used for a new disease, then you can proceed with a clinical trial. And what Dr. Raskin did, it, and, and Robert Ruff, he was in, a, I think, a Midwestern uh, uh, VA, they very carefully did multi-center studies. And unfortunately, unfortunately, they found, and it was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in February of 2018, 2018, that Prazosin statistically had the effect of a placebo. Now that that was bad news because we all want a winner in the circle to help control nightmares. So where am I with respect? Proof of concept, you have to do a study to show that it's worthwhile to continue. And so what I did with Dr. Donald Gidden and Curtis Deutsch of Harvard University, these are top guys. We tried this device on 100 patients, and we found a couple interesting things. There was a significant reduction in the nightmares and sleep disruptions and quality of sleep, a significant reduction in headaches. But the key thing is this was a proof of concept. Now, people will say, well, in science you need a placebo. Well. First of all, you have to prove that there is a potential to correct a situation. So the 
main thing I want to get across, this device, the splint, has already been classified by the FDA, and you can read it on their website. The dental splint for headaches, which which used the method, the trigeminal nerve, we use the big word there, to modify input to the trigeminal nerve through the teeth to modify headaches. Well, it's already in the FDA literature. So this device is completely safe and has been used for headaches and to protect the teeth from breakage. Well, that's that's the, the talking about the device that's two millimeters thick, right? No, the no, yes, the device, but the the thickness. And the FDA is very accurate in its description. There was no thickness given for that. Okay. So what I did is I said, look, it's in the literature, and you're a lawyer. You know, if you park 18 inches or more from the curb, you get a ticket. But if it's 12, you don't. So the the FDA said in its description there was no thickness given. So as a maxillofacial surgeon, and I've done reconstructive cases where I opened the bite, so to speak, uh, with bone grafts, I knew that I could open the bite 10 millimeters just for short term at night, if needed, without harm. And so if you're six foot three and you come in to get care for your PTSD nightmares, and a, and a regular dentist says, well, we want to protect your teeth from getting broken, here's a two millimeter splint, I guarantee you, you will have no effect on your nightmares. The effect is obtained in our chart, and we published it in the International Dental Journal uh, under Dr. Donald Gidden, G-I-D-D-O-N, in uh, I believe it's September, October of 2020. So we have a, a, a scale there of how thick it needs to be to get the clinical effect. Now, proof of concept, to be more specific, <clears throat> what you have to do in science, you have to have a reason for continuing your research. Well. Since this device causes no problems, I have treated over 800 veterans and civilians with PTSD in my office successfully, between 90 and 95% success and a reduction of their nightmares at about 90%. How do you measure success uh, long-term? I mean, obviously, there's a short-term success and there's long-term success. Right, and this, we also interviewed patients in this study two years later. Now you have to understand in a military population we had people that move and then younger people and there if you look at the movement of people from homes and changing phone numbers and whatever we were able of the 100 to get 25 people and they were continuing to wear it and continue to have success. You have to also look at the numbers in a clinical trial. Many clinical trials are 20 or less, 40 or less. So that's a large number of, of people to follow for, for 25. Uh, I mean, uh, 25 people is a large number to follow. And for how long have you, you've, did you follow them? Well, that was two years in the article. Okay, two years. But he, here's the other thing. You know, in science, if you have an anecdotal story like, hey, I treated this one lady with this thing and it did this, that's a case study and that doesn't carry much weight. But having treated over 800 patients who send their friends and who come back after they wear their splints down, that's a pretty nice number. And it's also like doing a clinical trial. But you need to remember, if I was using an experimental, untested drug that 
my clinical trial would have had to be completely different. Why? The FDA already indicated that the night guard, the splint, is a safe device. So a practitioner can change the thickness because as a dentist, you understand the implications of changing the thickness of that device. You can't, you, you, that is not experimentation. It, that You have to understand that. So proof of concept was basically, and here's the definition I'm using, I took a device already approved by the FDA for headaches to use by increased thickness to treat headaches, number two, protection of the teeth, and three, also in PTSD population, reduction of nightmares, headaches, and sleep disruption. Okay, so uh, this thickness then has some sort of effect on some of the nerves that that wouldn't be affected with a two millimeter. Yes, and how do we know that? There's been recent studies, there's a thing called the trigeminal cardiac reflex. Now, it's, it, neurosurgeons know about it, but the little place that the trigeminal lives in your skull, if you bump that, you can stop a heart. And you go, well, why would the nerve that controls uh, your heart be associated with the nerve that controls the muscles in your mouth? The answer, I don't know, but I do know that the vagus nerve can be influenced by the trigeminal nerve as well. And we also know that other branches of the trigeminal nerve uh, have been used with electric devices wearing the skin to change your, your, your sleep. So the trigeminal nerve was the dentist's nerve for years, but in the last five years, scientific evidence, and you can read about it in the journals, uh, is showing uh, incredible potential for use uh, to modify other factors. Okay, well, let's get then to the nub of this. You've got some evidence that this works. You've got some evidence that it, uh, it, as long as that the thickness is maintained, it'll keep working. So if they wear it down, they've got to get a, a new splint for, for the mouth. That uh, this is not a cure, but it is. it does treat symptoms. And, and of course, nightmare and headaches and uh, sleep disruption are, are very serious symptoms. No question about it. And now we go to the, the VA, and the VA seems uninterested. Yes, and I can, and you know, you can always get somebody on the radio who's claiming this and that. I'm not going to name names because that won't come until a few weeks, but I will guarantee you that I have been on the VA's doorstep and the Department of Defense doorstep telling them about this device. I have contacted high officials in both the VA and the Department of Defense and the Army Dental Corps, and I will say without any equivocation, not a single dentist from the VA or DOD or the Army or Navy or Air Force has ever called me and asked to come to my office and see this work. I think, you know, honestly, as a combat veteran, you have to put this up against, they don't have anything to help these veterans. You know, I'm not talking about a fine-tuning and splitting hairs. I'm saying if some VA or DOD doctor dentist doctor, VA PTSD doctor tells you there's nothing we can do about your nightmares except give you praises in. That's incorrect. Facts matter. The fact is I have interviewed numerous people in the VA and I'm not going to give you their names. Again, I have them and I'll give them to you, Dr. DiGostino, but to prove that I have them, but I will I will guarantee you that you would think that a veteran 
who's a researcher and has two doctorates and, and a research degree who is using a, a, a harmless device, you'd think they would say, you're welcome, come into the VA and let us help you. This is phenomenal. That's absolutely the wrong treatment uh, that they've given me. It, they have been recalcitrant, obstinate, and stonewalling. And I've had to get a congressman to demand information, and they are still obfuscating. So I will say without equivocation, even if you're from the VA, you know who I am and call me. I'm waiting. I also applied for a fellowship in polytrauma interdisciplinary. They've put that on hold. Most of the applicants, I don't believe, are combat veterans. Most of the applicants haven't done research. So they're, they're discriminating against a veteran, and I will say that on the air. Uh, it's, they are showing me more ways why they do not want me in to help in the system by a factor of 200 to 1 than they've come up with saying, hey, let's see if we can get you in the system and uh, helping. Don, we need to uh, take another break right quick. We'll be back with Dr. Don Moeller and Robert D'Agostino right after this. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hello, my name is Colonel Retired Rick White, a United States Army veteran, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you were either born in this state or you lived in the state 10 years or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again, if you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of a Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to this highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino, back with Dufax Matter, and with my guest, Dr. Donald Moeller, and we're talking about a device that he has developed, or I should say he's developed further, that that has an effect on uh, <clears throat> dealing with the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And we've also just been discussing <clears throat> the fact that the VA seems uninterested. Now, let me go into that. Maybe the VA is uninterested because they, you can't explain why it works. Is that possible? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, any, any scientist can legitimately say, let's say I have a poison that I'd like arsenic that I'm going to use for a special medical treatment. And I think in the old days they may have tried to use it for syphilis, but the alternative is you could kill the patient. Now, I appreciate that. And there are also some medicines that are really need to be looked at extremely carefully because they can kill a veteran before they help them in a certain percentage. Well, this device is harmless. <laughs> this device has been around over 100 years, not with vinyl necessarily, but other, other fabricated with other components. But the fact is, this device is not threatening. If it hurts, 
you simply take it out of your mouth and give it to your dog as a chew toy. And that is the reason that I really don't think the VA has any, any, uh, any position. Now, another problem that any science has is called a paradigm shift. Dentists normally don't get involved in PTSD. I can say they never get involved in PTSD except for accelerated dental damage, and that's usually the result of social behaviors, drinking and you know smoking and other things. So they will interface at that level, but trying to interface with a thing such as nightmares, which is a neurophysiologic, they don't get involved. So I'm getting involved in this area, and the problem is is that there's certain people who think they own the PTSD uh, arena, and they they think they're going to sit in judgment on other methodologies. One of them definitely is dentistry. And so they say, well, you really have to do more studies. Well, how? If you really think that, then why don't you open up the VA, a clinic, and let me demonstrate it? Well, we can't because you're not an employee. I said, good, I'll apply for your fellowship. Well, you can't come in and do that and yada, yada. It's just in a train of excuses why our veterans can't get any sleep. Now remember, we have 500,000 veterans easy from uh, the Iraq-Iran wars. We have another two million from Vietnam, or 1.5 depending on how you parse the numbers out and 10 to 30% of them have PTSD, and let's say 50% of those people have nightmares. It's much higher than that. And that doesn't seem to be a problem for the VA. Well, it's a big problem for me. Well, of course, uh, we've got the experience with the rejection of simple and safe treatments with the hydroxychloroquine situation. And, right, and, and yes. So you're dealing with a bureaucracy or you're dealing with people well, with here's, political there's two agendas? Sides of that. There's, I looked at the molecular electron microscopic evidence for site binding for hydroxychloroquine. The other thing is there's excellent evidence that vitamin D may occupy the same sites that are sensitized by uh, blood pressure medicine, which those on it become more susceptible to the COVID particle. That's scientific talk. The talk I'm talking about is I've proven it with 800 patients using a simple device. Now, not all simple devices do great things, but in this case, it is. And the, to be spurned by the VA for no reason, and the, the problem with the VA is it's huge, but I'm having the problem that after eight years, the VA is getting to be boring and dangerous. And I've had meetings with the VA, conference calls, Zoom conferences with the VA, and they go nowhere. They just crawl back into their cubicle and do nothing because nothing happens to them. And, and I challenge the director of the new VA to go ahead and give me a call, and we'll see what we can do. But I, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting. Well, I think this is you know, rather troubling, but I mean, we've seen this... Uh the people in charge, if the people in charge don't don't pro, pro, <clears throat> provide leadership, the people underneath, they take the easy way out, which is the status quo. Don't make any waves. Don't make any decisions. That's the way the bureaucracy operates. Yeah, two, there are two truths. There are excellent, excellent scientists in the VA system, without a doubt. There are Nobel laureates. There's, I think, one in Miami. 
There are Nobel laureates in the VA research system. Don't confuse what I'm saying. I'm talking about the bureaucracy in the VA not allowing me or bending over to help the veterans when a veteran has found the solution. And by the way, Dr. Gidden, Harvard University, and Dr. Deutsch threw their own money in to help. And I sponsored this research project and financed it from my office. So it didn't cost the VA anything. So don't misconstrue the, the radio audience. I am not knocking VA scientists. Absolutely not. I am knocking the VA administration that just apparently doesn't get it. Well, but you made a mistake. You paid for it yourself. I mean, it seems yeah. to me the VA, well, <laughs> if the VA had had to pay for it, they may have paid attention to it. No, not necessarily. The public also needs to understand that 15% or less of all bench researches research makes it to the trench. You have to understand, and science is very tough to accomplish, but of all the studies, all the laboratories, amazing thing that scientists found, 15%, sometimes less, depending on the field, ever make it in, they call it from trench to, from bench to trench, and it's from, from the scientific research bench to the clinical uh, it, it usefulness of it. Well, that's, uh, I don't think that's too surprising, considering that in the so-called social sciences, most of the studies can't be uh, duplicated. Uh, they just uh, put them in, in, a, in a paper, and, and lo and behold, someone tries to duplicate them, and they can't be duplicated. So uh, I, I guess in science, uh, they're more careful about, uh, about this stuff. But I mean, yeah, what, what... Yeah, absolutely. And you always can get some guy who knows more than the guy's... You know, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm a simple guy, a medic in the Vietnam and a surgeon in the Army who has meticulously documented that this deserves a chance at bat. And I'm also putting this device up against other VA research to say, hey, what have you guys got for our guys with nightmares, sleep disruptions? The answer is basically nothing. And well, that's why I say, in that, you're not going to give a dog chew toy a chance. You, what, what is your what is your reasoning behind that? They're not giving it to me. No, and and they won't. I mean, they're bureaucrats. The bureaucrats you're dealing with, uh, they, no, none of them want to make a decision that might not work out, and therefore they get you know black mark against them apparently in in the bureaucracy. So if. Just leave things the way they are. Just leave things. Do everything the way you've always done them in the past. I mean, that's look. That's that's what happens. Look at that Challenger disaster. They yeah. followed every single rule, and we had a disaster. And and yeah. the answer is, they were warned by engineers it was too cold. They shouldn't launch. But they looked at their rule book and said, "Well, we got to follow this this these rules." And they did, yes. and we had a disaster. And you got I think it. Bureaucrats got, are like that. You got it. They are locked, uh, locked and loaded to frustrate anybody who uh, is trying to help. And when you, I can see they can say, you know, Don Moeller, you uh, you're a little dentist in Columbus, Georgia, and we're happy for that. Just keep pulling teeth and smiling. Well. When Dr. Donald Gidden of Harvard University has a DMD and a PhD in psychology, and Dr. Curtis Deutsch, who is a PhD and a senior uh, social scientist in genetic 
you know, whatever author, you know, statistics, they say there's something to this, and they don't like that. Now I I want to get the names of the people that are that are stonewalling this project, and you can't get them because they that is what I'm talking about, and I have the emails to these people who just receive them. I've kept them in the loop. They know who they are, and they'll be hearing from us shortly. Well, I certainly hope so, and I certainly hope something can be done. And you have gone to to your congressman? Yes, yes. And I want to say that uh, Dr. Drew Ferguson, he's our congressman down here. He's also a dentist, and uh, he is outstanding. This guy and, and his helper, Joshua Daly, his aide, have helped beyond belief, uh, and he, uh, Joshua is the veterans uh, guy, the veteran go-to guy. He, I want to shout out to him, outstanding help. And the frustration that the congressman's experiencing, I think basically the veterans are going to have to go in and say, there is, there's something else I want to try and it's harmless, and say, I want you to, I want, I want this care. And if they say, well, we don't think so. We say, have you read the article? Have you read any of it? There's three articles out there. Have you read any of the articles? And the answer, I almost guarantee you, is no. Well, what, the, say, what? what the bureaucrats are going to say, well, does it cure it? And, of course, the answer is no. Is it long-lasting? Well, only insofar as you keep that device. Yes. You lose it. You wear out the device or you lose it, and the symptoms come back. It's a very strange yes. situation that obviously there's some effect on some nerves by having that thickness uh, of the device. Yeah, here's the problem. It's catch-22. I did all the research, clinical research. Sure, I know the fancy terms. Functional MRI, spec training, bold training, BOLD, measures oxygen level differences in part of the brain. Oh, I can do those. There are thousands of dollars to do those. If they want answers, to how this works, we can get it for them. If they want to see how molecular neural garbage is dumped during sleep, they already know that. And this allows sleep to occur. If they want to have polysomnography to, to, to quantitate the increase in sleep, they're going to have to have to give me a lab to do this. They're not interested. Why our veterans are angry, they can't get enough sleep. The VA is fiddling my Rome burns. That would be appropriate, don't you think? Well, I mean, uh, take a look at what happened in the last year with this COVID-19 and uh, that publicity-seeking fool, Dr. Fauci. Uh, he's a leader. I mean, this is the leader? How can things yes. be done when well, you have any... I was a respiratory therapist. I weren't earned my way through dental school working nights. And as a respiratory therapist, I knew... That when you cough, it goes twenty-seven feet. That's right. I knew okay. that, and I'm not. I knew yeah, that. Yeah. See, they teach everything at law school, professor. <laughs> and, well, I, I got a biology degree. Uh, I also, you. I, well, now I have respect for you. <laughs> right. So I, I said that right away. What is this three feet, six feet business? <laughs> I mean, yeah. This is and aerosol. This goes on forever. Have you noticed herd immunity? Now that's even funnier. At first, it was forty percent. I'm thinking, you know, I took epidemiology. We had it in medical school. And I'm thinking, man, I don't, I know my whole brain is starting to fade, but 40%? I thought it was 75 to 85%. Well, now they moved it up. 
Well, it's uh, we have a different opinion from uh, NIH and the CDC and Dr. Fauci on a regular basis. Uh, no masks, masks. Uh, it's not to not aerosol. It's not in the air, which is crazy. I mean, I knew in March in, that it had to be in, in the air because the other pandemics or part pandemics were the same thing. Yes. Uh, they're aerosol. This is a, a SARS a SARS a virus. We're, we're, uh, yes. we're going to have to let everybody think about that for a minute while we take another break. We'll be back with Dr. Moeller and Robert D'Agostino right after this. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients, dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino, back with Do Facts Matter, and my guest, uh, Dr. Uh, Moeller. Uh, who's developed a device or has further developed a device in, in, in ways that uh, address the symptoms of pa- post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, I know quite a bit about that, not because I have it, although after I got run over by a car, I certainly had uh, some anxieties uh, whenever I got too close to a car for a while. Uh, but my wife was one of the psychologists that Dr. Mola talks about, uh, who uh, was actually uh, meeting with veterans uh, to assess the, the, their, their level of functioning and their level of disability as a result of post-traumatic stress syndrome. And she, of course, uh, saw the whole continuum from vir- virtually no effect to functioning to really serious effect uh, functioning. So getting back to that, Dr. Muller, what do we do? I mean, do we have to get 100,000 veterans to sign a petition to get things moved? Uh, 
do we have to go from your congressman to we've got two well yes yeah you do uh let me before i start on that i want to put out a 60 second statement military sexual trauma is huge and it's another thing that's buried and this is for our women veterans uh this device is phenomenally effective for military sexual trauma nightmares. And I want them to know that, you know, I've done dozens and dozens and dozens of women with military sexual trauma, and I watch them, you know, they come back a week later and they're just like watching a, you know, a watering a plant where it was limped over and now it's standing up straight. So I really, you know, the, this is just, 50% of PTSD is in women, and they're not, and it's, it's abuse and sexual trauma related. So, you know, if you're not a veteran and listening, this is very effective therapy. And, and you faded out. You had a question for me? Well, the question was really directed at where we go uh, from here. Where, what, what has to be done to get the attention of the VA? Well, I think if I was to do it, I would go in and say, if, if, if someone, if your doctor, and I don't know them, writes you for a drug and you go, you know, I heard that there was this guy, this crackpot on <laughs> America's web radio. He said that, and he said, here's some articles that you could read. And when he says, well, I don't want to get into that, you go, I do. I'm a veteran. I want to get into it, and I don't want the drugs. Or I want the drugs, and I want this as an adjunct. And if you don't give it to him, write your congressman. That's that easy. Start demanding care. See, the thing that I don't get, and I'm not going to bang a drum here, but you get illegal aliens touring over our border that get better medical care than the veterans. And, and so I can tell you right now, if you want to fix the VA, here's what you do. You give Congress, everybody in Congress, an ID card, and they're a spec four, and they'll get all their care at the VA, including federal judges, Supreme Court justices, governors and i will show you a va system that we transformed in two months and if you're caught getting care at a, at a civilian hospital and not the va you will be unappointed from your position so let me repeat everybody in congress needs to be given an id card and you're going to get as a spec four not a four-star general a spec four and you're going to get your care at the va and see how long that works well i think uh from what I understand from veterans, including my brother, there's a re- real difference in VA hospital to VA hospitals. And uh, we, we were under the impression that the Trump administration fixed the problems or some of the problems, apparently not. What's your experience? Well, yes. Uh, I had a friend who I'm working with. He said the saying is, if you've worked at one VA... You've worked at one VA. Yes, it, the quality can change. But I can tell you that the people I've called, are, with respect to this device, are uniformly uninterested. Period. Without a doubt, no incentive, nobody getting off square one to help a combat veteran. I keep saying that because it's true. I want to know from the VA director, how many combat veterans do you have working as research scientists? I will automatically tell you, probably not a handful. And I don't mean people that were in the reserves for a couple weekends, although they're veterans, but I'm telling you, 
how many combat veterans are doing research that's the question one i would i would want answered because right there that's going to let you know they're discriminating against veterans and this is the veterans administration not the veterans staff administration so when a veteran goes in and says i want to try that device then when enough veterans start pounding on the door and say no i'm not going to leave no I'm, i want that i want a chance to have that device help me and when you start saying you know it's the same as when i counsel patients uh, for surgery, uh, some scary surgery, and they, you have to tell the patient, well, what's the alternative to not doing this surgery? And when it's a deep descending neck infection, I tell them the alternative is 99% you're going to die. That is your right as a veteran. What is my alternative care that you're making available to me? And if I don't get that care, why am I not being allowed, especially when the care is, is non-threatening and simple and safe? And because remember, you can't undo a bad gallbladder operation, basically. You, you're going to live with it. But you can always take this device out of your mouth. You know what I mean? Now, are these devices, are they made custom-made for each mouth? Yes, they're custom-made. We're, I'm working right now on using a digital scanner, which the VAs already have, and the VAs already have the printers, 3D printers, and we're working, I'm working with a, a corporation to try and get these things available so that basically they would scan you at a VA uh, or military facility, and we could print the device according to, and we call it the metrics that we've developed. Okay, so in other words, this is not going to be a really an expensive procedure. No, no, it is not. It, it you know, you compare it to the cost of some medicines. Uh, I have a friend, a good guy, who's a fellow oral surgeon, and uh, he had an autoimmune disorder. His medicine was sixteen thousand a month. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine how many of these devices I could make for sixteen thousand. You know, uh, it. It's got to be put in perspective that the majority of the PTSD patients, I'd say pick 50%, have nightmares and headaches and sleep disruptions. Now, it can go as high as 90%. Remember, the figures on PTSD, if you're in a line unit, you, you may have P, the PTSD prevalence in that unit could be up to 30%. And the other thing that I need to, I can't remember his name, an excellent psychologist, he's down with the Lone Star Group in Texas. He worked in the military he said P military ptsd is not the same as civilian ptsd there might be crossover in the police department but it's not the same and so you know don't let them make apples and oranges comparisons don let me interrupt for a second don yeah. uh we we keep calling it, and you and I have both done the same thing, calling it the device, the device. The, does it have a name? And I ask that because if if I went in or another veteran went in and said, I want that PTSD device that will stop my nightmares, uh, I'm talking about lights in the uh, eyes of a deer and, and headlights, you know, so does it have a name where I can walk yeah. in? Yeah, if they go to the International Dental Journal, IDJ, International Dental Journal, and go to the issue uh, with Donald Gidden, it's in September, October. I've, I've been so busy, I don't remember when they published it. That publishes, that. that's our 
hundred patient or a hundred subject study. And remember the last name Gidden, G I D D O N, and Moeller. Now, if you, the other thing is, is uh, the Journal of Special Operations, outstanding organization. They published Journal of Special Operations Medicine uh, in uh, in Jan. It's 2013 and. 2014. There were two editions. The that's also available to read there. But the the best article will be in the International Dental Journal. They can get a copy of that article. And and the name of the device is mandibular uh, yeah, splint. Mandibular splint. It's the mandibular splint. Yes, mandibular. I'm sorry we didn't mention that earlier. Well, no. It's it's kind of it, it's I. The American North American Academy of Neuromodulation. I, I, I sent them my research, and they said you can call this a neuromodulator. So I've also called it an intraoral neuromodulator prosthesis. But you know that's nobody's going to remember that. So basically, a mandibular splint, soft mandibular splint. And you, when you find the article, you can copy it and give it to your VA doctor and say, "I want one of these." Yes, I've got it right in front of me, in fact. And uh, very interesting, because uh, uh, I said I have a biology degree background. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I know a little bit about some of this stuff, and, and I always uh, feel that uh, becoming a lawyer was probably not the smartest thing for me. I would have been a great biologist, an evolutionary biologist, by the way. You did what? I said I'd been a great evolutionary biologist. Uh-huh. That's still my passion, by the way. What, evolutionary biology? Yes. I will talk to you after this conversation. We'll have a good time. <laughs> sure, sure. I've even written an article uh, in that area of constitutional law and evolution, which has been well-received. I've got a, quite a few downloads of that article, and I've got a follow-up article in process. Uh, Outstanding. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll see if I ever get finished with it. Uh, other things have intervened. But in any case, this was a very interesting uh, conversation, and what was interesting from, I think, uh, not only that you have something that might deal or does deal for a lot of people with the uh, symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, but also your experience with the bureaucracy. And I remind my listeners that I was in the bureaucracy at one time. I was in a Ronald Reagan appointment to the Department of Justice, and so I have experience in the bureaucracy and how difficult it is, is to get them to move, to yeah. change anything. They just, it's just, they're risk aversive, and being risk aversive means they don't want to make decisions. Okay, yeah. uh, Don, yeah. I, I'm, we're going to have to close it down. We're running out of time, but I want to personally thank you for coming on and being on with uh, uh, Robert D'Agostino, Professor D'Agostino, and um, look forward to uh, working, working with you more on this. And uh, w this show will be downloaded. Uh, and put on our website uh, uh, within the next couple of hours so people can listen to it, they can send it to their friends and find out that there is relief from PTSD nightmares. And uh, thank you again for being on. My pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.